Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. On a blog post about Intercom's principles for building product, Intercom co-founder Des Trainer wrote that clear guiding principles are the best way to scale a team while keeping them aligned. Without a set of principles, he says, organizations begin to fracture. So here I want to bring in Intercom brand editor Neve O'Connor. Hey Neve. Hey Liam. So you've been working on a project that delves into all of this, right? Yeah, it's a new blog series introducing our product principles. And the series explores all of the beliefs that shape what and how we build, as told by the people who use them, the R&D team. There's a couple of posts online already, but there'll be more over the coming weeks and months. It sounds great. So it's now on the podcast too. Exactly, yeah. We've asked all of the experts across Intercom's R&D team to come on and talk about the principles that guide their work every day. So like the blog post, this will be an occasional series coming into your feeds. But who are we starting with? Like who's on today's episode? Well, later on, we're going to hear our VP of Research and Data Science, Karen Church, talking about how and why we focus on delivering outcomes. But to introduce our product principles and why we need them, it's over to our VP of Product Design, Emma Connolly. Intercom is built on principles. I mean that in a very practical sense. PMs, designers, and engineers at Intercom use our R&D principles every single day to guide their decision-making. Having clear principles keeps everyone pointed in the same direction and empowered to move quickly and with confidence. This is why we've decided to share these principles with you. We'll do that here over the coming weeks and months, exploring the thought process behind each one, Defining and distilling these principles has been one of the biggest contributors to our ability to consistently build great products at scale. We hope you'll find them as useful as we have. What are product principles and why do we need them? We didn't always have product principles. In a sense, building a product is simply a series of decisions. And in the early days, like most companies, we made many product decisions based on shared intuition and context. But as we've scaled, codifying our approach to decision-making has been critical. Think about what happens when new folks who lack all that historical context join the company. Without principles in place, they can feel disempowered, lost, or even totally misaligned. Now consider what happens when those misaligned people start onboarding even newer folks, compounding misalignment. It becomes frighteningly easy to lose any sense of overall consistency and momentum across teams. Hence the need for principles, a set of fundamental truths or propositions that serve as the foundation for behaviors that give you the results that you want. That's a bit of a mouthful, the kind of word salad you end up with when you try to compress big idea down into a single sentence. So in even simpler terms, a principle is a shared idea that helps teams do good work together. And principles are not just for onboarding new hires. As teams grow, they need structured ways to repeat their successes and avoid repeating their mistakes. This also means that principles may need to be updated as you learn more. Our current set of Intercom R&D principles is the third major iteration since we first introduced them about eight years ago. We are constantly learning and improving, folding in what works better as we learn, and sharpening our stance. We explicitly value principles over process. Many companies, Intercom included, have a clear process for building products. 
However, we found that over-reliance on process consistently leads to lowest common denominator results. A strong process can be great at preventing you from driving a project off the edge of a cliff, but great products or fast progress rarely come from blindly and dogmatically adhering to a set of instructions. This is not paint by numbers. What's more, we haven't hired hundreds of brilliant PMs, designers, and engineers just to ask them to unquestioningly follow a cheat sheet. If we can internalize our product principles, the why behind the process, then we can start to make better decisions than the process dictates, and even opportunistically skip stages, refine our approach, and improve how we work over time. Understanding the intent rather than obeying the method allows you much more freedom in how to execute. Principles are not rules. They exist to guide, not control. Finally, great principles are not truisms. I sometimes see company principles that express reassuring sentiments like Make it delightfully simple. A fine idea to be sure, but not much use when you're wrestling with a gnarly decision or struggling with how to approach a hard trade-off. A good litmus test here is to flip the principle around and express the exact opposite and see if it still holds up. If it's not at least plausible, I can't see make it horribly convoluted gaining much traction, then it's not really a principle, it's a truism. What are Intercon's principles for building products? Each of us in the R&D org works hard to understand, internalize, and enact these product principles. These are not just posters on the wall. We regularly refer to them when assessing and debating options. They actively guide how we work. One, start with the problem. Two, think big, start small, learn fast. Three, ship fast, ship early, ship often. Four, deliver outcomes. We also have product design principles. We love principles so much, we have discipline-specific principles for product design. One, connected modular systems. Two, opinionated by default, flexible under the hood. Three, follow fundamentals. Four, make it feel personal. Five, what you ship is what matters. And you guessed it, we did the same for engineering. One, shape the solution. Two, Be technically conservative. Three, build in small steps. Four, keep it simple. Five, work with positivity, pride, and love. These more focused principles allow us to stay aligned on more detailed, function-specific aspects of product building. We sometimes even create principles for specific projects to get aligned on our approach up front. Of course, these might work for Intercom, and what we're trying to optimize for, but not for you. However, we hope that sharing them and the thought process behind them will demonstrate the value of principles and help you to shape your own. Next up is Karen Church, our VP of Research and Data Science. Karen is going to talk about how we focus on delivering outcomes. At Intercom, shipping is just the beginning. We iterate, fight for adoption, and keep pushing for maximum impact for our customers and our business. We strive to deliver outcomes as well as outputs to drive real results for our customers. In an episode of our Intercom and Product podcast, our co-founder Des summed up the output versus outcomes relationship in this way. It's like what you shipped versus what happened because of the thing you shipped. We work to ensure that what happens because of the things we ship delivers tangible value to our customers. But in the end, 
Driving great customer outcomes while ignoring business outcomes doesn't make a successful company. So we strive to balance both, delivering high impact outcomes for both our customers and our business. And here's how we do it. Firstly, we frame the outcomes we're aiming to drive up front. We think about what kind of customer and business outcomes we're striving for from the outset, particularly when putting together a problem statement. Throughout the process, we ask ourselves, what measurable change in customer behavior will result from successfully solving the problem? And typically, we measure this behavior as product activity or usage. We use a specific R&D outcomes metrics template to help us think through and articulate the results we're aiming for. In it, we frame the customer benefits we want to see, along with any metrics, targets, and supporting rationale we have. We do the same thing with the business benefits we want to drive. We ship a feature to solve a customer problem, to drive certain customer behaviors, and in turn, impact business results. Maybe what we're shipping will save customers time. Maybe it'll drive efficiencies or reduce their costs. We then think about business outcomes or business results. If we solve that customer problem and drive that customer behavior, what impact might we expect to see within our business? And we frame business impact using the following categories. Acquisition, so will it help us to acquire new customers? Expansion, will it help us deepen or broaden our existing customers' usage? Retention, will it play a role in retaining customers or preventing churn? And revenue, can we directly link it to commercial impact? For example, something like an add-on can easily be measured in revenue. Sometimes the lines between shipping a product and driving businesses all seem oceans apart, and it's not always possible to measure the commercial impact of every product feature. So we don't agonize over it, and we certainly don't want to shoehorn every feature to fit a revenue goal, but we try to map it back as best we can. Secondly, we instrument our products so that we can measure our outcome. We need to ensure we have the right data in place to measure the outcomes we're striving for. We instrument our product by tracking specific events of interest along with additional context about those events. We use an in-house analytics framework for instrumentation where we track the action, object, place, and metadata for each event. Each user of Intercom can perform an action on a certain object in a certain place, where the action describes the action that the user took, for example, opening or clicking on a button. Object describes an object that is acted on or affected by the action, for example, the conversation details or a specific message. Place describes where the action is triggered. This usually represents the page of the app that the user is on, for example, the inbox. And metadata provides additional information about each specific occurrence of the event, like a URL or an ID or a state. This is a critical step towards measuring and driving outcomes. If the feature hasn't been instrumented, it's not ready to be shipped. Thirdly, we always assume we need to iterate on our products. We know that we won't always get it exactly right for our customers or our business. And so we plan and leave time to iterate on our products until we do. This isn't easy. Once a feature is released, it's natural to feel a pull towards the next thing on the roadmap. We're all guilty of the ship, move on, ship, move on mentality. But at Intercom, we know our job isn't done when we ship, so we plan to iterate. Fourthly, after we ship, we fight for adoption and usage. We know it's not simply a case of build it and they will come. We have to fight for adoption and usage. That means defining, measuring and understanding core metrics like awareness, intent, activation, adoption and engagement. We track and review these metrics post-launch 
interpret the results and take action to improve things when needed. Fifth, we review outcomes and share our learnings. To codify our learnings, we have a rigorous process for reviewing outcomes and sharing our conclusions broadly across the company. This isn't just on the PM, the data scientist or the researcher, it's on the entire team. One of the main tools we use for this is an outcome report. Around a month after we release the feature, we complete an outcome report to reflect on whether or not we're seeing the outcomes we expect. We look at both quantitative and qualitative feedback to assess how we're doing and discuss the actions or decisions we need to make as a result. For bigger projects or larger launches, we might identify multiple checkpoints, assessing outcomes at the three, six or 12 month mark. Teams share their outcome reports to a dedicated Slack channel to reach as many people as possible, both within their team and across the wider company. We always assume there will be some post-launch iteration needed, and generally we consider this an extension of the original project. That said, sometimes we need to reprioritize the roadmap to make room for bigger changes. A good guiding principle is to ask ourselves, have we sufficiently solved the identified problem for most target customers? Have we achieved the customer and business outcomes we were aiming for? So the final thing I'd say is watch out for these anti-patterns. These are practices that can creep in after a while without anyone noticing. These could look like failing to decide what outcome we expect at the beginning of a project, failing to define suitable metrics and the right instrumentation for the product, feature or outcome, shipping and moving on, taking credit for an outcome we didn't plan to cause, or rushing through the outcome report process just to check a box. Fighting against these anti-patterns takes a lot of work from teams who genuinely understand the deliver outcomes principle and how important it is to our customers and our business. We need to continue to apply this principle to everything we build to ensure it's embedded in our culture and the way we solve customer problems. Doing this helps us to deliver tangible value at scale to our customers and company. Thanks to Karen Church, Emma Connolly, and thank you, Neve. Thanks, Liam. We'll have more product principles coming over the next few weeks and months. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and see you next week for more Inside Intercom. Inside Intercom.